Breaking now on the Media Grounds podcast. Former ambassador to Ireland and last surviving sibling of JFK dies. The U.S. Supreme Court rules on two major cases, one on Monday and the other on Thursday. Richmond judge indefinitely extends the injunction preventing Governor Northam to remove Confederate monuments. Both ABC's The Bachelor and Bachelorette made special announcements, with one being historical. Virginia observes Juneteenth, otherwise known as Freedom Day, as a paid holiday. Senators proposed a bill that will turn Juneteenth into a federal holiday. And one special performance of the Negro National Anthem, Lift Every Voice and Sing. Today is Saturday, June 20th. The news begins now. Good day and welcome to the series premiere. In today's broadcast, I will share some of the latest national headlines, entertainment news, trending stories, sports, a historical look back, and have a special announcement. But first, we have some breaking stories to cover. The first has to do with the last surviving sibling of President Kennedy, Gene Kennedy Smith also known as the former ambassador to Ireland, died Wednesday night at the age of 92 in Manhattan. Jean Kennedy was born on February 20th, 1928, her elder sister Kathleen's birthday, to her parents Rose and Joseph Kennedy in Boston, Massachusetts. After marrying her husband, Stephen Smith, on May 19 of 1956, they moved to New York. Unfortunately, he died on August 19, 1990, leaving behind their four children, which include William, who is known for being acquitted of rape in a nationally publicized trial in 1991. Her eight siblings include older brother Joseph Kennedy Jr., who was killed during World War II, older sister Kathleen Kennedy, who died in a 1948 plane crash, President John F. Kennedy, he was assassinated on November 22, 1963. Senator Robert F. Kennedy, he was killed in 1968. Patricia Kennedy, who died in 2006. Rosemary Kennedy, who died in 2005. And both Senator Edward Kennedy and Eunice Kennedy Shriver, who died in August 2009. We remember Jean Kennedy Smith, who died Wednesday night at the age of 92. Another breaking story this week involves the U.S. Supreme Court. On June 15, the court ruled in a landmark case for the LGBTQ community, and on June 18, the court ruled on DACA for the Dreamer legal immigrants. We'll break these two huge cases down in several seconds. In a 6-3 decision on Monday, the Supreme Court ruled that sexual orientation discrimination was a form of sex discrimination under Title VII of the 1964 Civil Rights Act. This means it is illegal to discriminate based on sexual orientation or gender identity. Here's some context. It's now illegal nationwide for someone to get married, let's say on a Sunday, and be fired the next day, or 
if you told your boss that you are now transgender, they can't fire you for that reason. These employees are now covered under Title VII of the 1964 Civil Rights Act. For more on this story, please visit my blog, joshgrimes19.blogspot.com. You'll also find the link to the 1964 Civil Rights Act and to the case itself. On to the next court case. This time in a 5-4 decision, the Supreme Court ruled that the Trump administration cannot shut down the DACA, Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals Program, which was announced by President Obama in 2012, allowing dreamers to come into the United States as children to live, work legally, and avoid deportation for now. This has been an ongoing issue since the 2016 campaign. For more information, please visit my blog. Next on the chain of breaking stories, we turn to the Confederate monuments in the city of Richmond. As of June 18th, Richmond Circuit Judge Bradley Cavedo indefinitely extended the injunction that was set to expire today, June 20th. This injunction was put in place to prevent Governor Northam from removing the Robert E. Lee monument. After hearing the attorneys for the Commonwealth and the plaintiff, the judge gave the plaintiff 21 days to refile a complaint or this case will resolve. When we come back, there are some other stories of the week to report. Welcome back. Let's begin in Washington, D.C., where on June 16, President Trump signed an executive order about policing. According to the order, police departments have to meet certain standards before receiving grants from the federal government. It also includes recommendations on how to improve law enforcement practices and build community engagement. To see the full order, please go to the blog. Next to the state of North Carolina. On June 16th, Governor Roy Cooper declared June as Pride Month. This came a day after the Supreme Court made workplace discrimination of LGBTQ members illegal. In the WFMY2 News article, a CBS affiliate, they referred to the start of the modern LGBTQ rights movement with the Stonewall Inn riots, which happened on June 28, 1969. They went on listing the other proclamations made by former presidents. Proclamations from 1999, when President Clinton declared June as Gay and Lesbian Pride Month, and in 2009, President Obama declared June as Lesbian gay, bisexual, and transgender Pride Month. In a statement, Governor Cooper said the following, Pride Month is a time to both celebrate progress and increase our efforts in LGBTQ equality. The Supreme Court got it right prohibiting LGBTQ discrimination in the workplace. Now comes the hard work of turning these legal protections into a reality of equality. Finally, before we have a little break, let's turn our attention to the weather down in Texas. Sometime this coming week, a very large Saharan dust storm is due to arrive. Those in Texas won't necessarily feel the dust, but the itchy nose, eyes, and throat are possible only if you are sensitive. 
This storm traveled across the Atlantic Ocean from northern Africa. Overall, this is a good thing for the ocean because it keeps tropical systems from forming. We already had three named storms in the month of May, which is the record before the official June 1st hurricane season that runs until November 30th. One other good thing, according to a station in Tampa Bay, is that it creates beautiful sunsets across Florida and the Caribbean. To see the sunset, visit my blog. We'll be right back for some entertainment news. Welcome back to the Meteor Grounds podcast and our entertainment news segment. The first story in this segment, the focus turns to ABC's The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. Before we turn to the announcement that was made Friday, June 12th, on Good Morning America, let's start with the upcoming 16th season of The Bachelorette. On June 18th, it was announced that production would resume this July, which means that it will be back on television this fall. The lead for the 16th season of the show is Claire Cronley, who was The Bachelor's runner-up on the show's 18th season. She also appeared on other Bachelor-related shows like the first two seasons of Bachelor in Paradise and appearing on The Bachelor Winter Games. There will be changes to production in the post-COVID world. Such changes include the cast and crew not being allowed to come in and out of production while the show is filming, according to Deadline, everyone being tested a week in advance, and everyone being at one location, which won't be the mansion. Going back to The Bachelor, which on June 12th said that its new lead will be Matt James. Matt will be the show's 25th Bachelor and first Black lead. According to Cosmo Battalion, filming will ideally be in September. It was already confirmed through an Instagram post on June 12th by the host, Chris Harrison, on a statement by executive producers that said, We are excited to move forward with both Matt James as the new Bachelor and Claire Cronley as our next Bachelorette. We acknowledge our responsibility for the lack of representation of people of color on our franchise and pledge to make significant changes to address the issue moving forward. We are taking positive steps to expand diversity in our cast, in our staff, and most importantly, in the relationships that we show on television. We can and will do better to reflect the world around us and show all of its beautiful love stories. In summary, The Bachelorette will resume production in July, and Matt James will become hashtag Bachelor Nation's first black bachelor in 24 seasons. The next thing we turn to are the awards, beginning with an update on the 93rd Annual Oscars. On June 15th, the ABC Television Network and the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences announced that the Oscars were postponed to April 25th, 2021, making it only the fourth time in its history. Nominations will now be announced on March 15th. The three times the ceremony was postponed was in 1938 for a flooding disaster, in 1968 following the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., and in 1981 after President Ronald Reagan was shot. What about the other award ceremonies? As of now, the 74th Tony Awards, which was set for June 7th, has been postponed indefinitely. The 72nd 
Emmy Awards, hosted by Jimmy Kimmel, is still holding out for September 20th, with nominations being announced on July 28th. The 46th People's Choice Awards are still holding for November 15th. The 63rd Grammys are still holding for January 31st, 2021. And the 78th Golden Globes doesn't have a date yet. Some other entertainment headlines I've been following this week will be on the blog. Those include the Music Event of Summer, otherwise known as the Country Music Association's Music Fest, which is keeping the tradition alive with a live stream on July 1st and a special on ABC on July 9th, hosted by Luke Bryan. The announcement of Gwen Stefani returning for the Voices' 19th season. The announcement of Cassie Lee Gifford's daughter, Cassie, being married in a secret ceremony. Raven Simone also being married in a private ceremony. The Regal Movie Theater reopening plans and the NBC show 30 Rock returning to TV in a television special on July 16th. We will be right back for What's Trending. Welcome back to the Meteor Grounds podcast in our trending segment, where we will cover some trending stories around the nation. Let's begin in Iowa, where an entire baseball team at Des Moines, Roosevelt High, took a knee in support of Black Lives Matter, during the national anthem ahead of their first game of the season. According to the WHO NBC affiliate, they had the backing of the administration. In an interview with WHO, the activity manager, J.C. Johnson, said it makes him feel good because our kids are in it together. Let's turn now to 7-Eleven Day. According to USA Today, 7-Eleven decided to cancel freeze Slurpy Day altogether, but if you are a member of the 7 Rewards program, you will get a coupon for a free medium Slurpy only once in July. Next, we turn to Nashville, where a black woman is making headlines for her gesture to Deputy Jody McDowell, who was eating at Cracker Barrel. The gesture I'm referring to is a note that says, Black lives matter, but so does yours. Thank you for your service. Breakfast paid. When Deputy McDowell posted the note to social media, he wrote, I want to thank the two sweet black ladies who paid for my breakfast this morning. Lastly, we turn to a spectacular eclipse called the Arena Fire Solar Eclipse. This will occur on June 21st, which is tomorrow. This one day after the summer solstice and longest day of the year. According to Travel and Leisure, it will be the best green of fire solar eclipse of the decade. This annular eclipse occurs when the moon covers the sun's center, leaving the sun's edges exposed to form a circle or arena fire, according to the Fox 6 television station. Unfortunately, we won't be able to see it in our area, but the path will be across Africa and Asia. The next one will be June 10th, 2021, where it can be visible from Canada, Greenland, Northern Russia, and the North Pole. We'll be right back for a quick look at sports. In this quick look at sports, we go to the 2021 Pro Bowl. On June 16th, the NFL announced that Las Vegas will host a Pro Bowl on January 31st at the Raiders' new home 
Allegiant Stadium. More information will be on the blog. We'll be right back for a historical flashback. In today's moment of history, we look back on the significance of June 19th, otherwise known as Juneteenth. Freedom Day, Black Independence Day, Jubilee Day, and Emancipation Day. On that day, 155 years ago, in 1865, the Union troops marched into Galveston, Texas, giving a proclamation saying that the Civil War and slavery was over. This was two and a half years after President Abraham Lincoln gave the Emancipation Proclamation, freeing all of the slaves. Texas became the first state to make Juneteenth a state holiday in 1980, and now 47 states in the District of Columbia celebrate Juneteenth either as a state holiday or observance. On June 16th, Governor Northam announced a plan he is urging to the General Assembly to make Juneteenth a permanent state holiday in the Commonwealth. They already got rid of Lee Jackson Day, replacing it with Election Day earlier in the year. To commemorate June 19, 2020, Northam gave state employees a paid day off, which would make Virginia the second state to do this other than Texas. In a press release, Governor Northam said the following. Since 1619, when representative democracy and enslaved African people arrived in Virginia within a month of each other, we have said one thing but done another. It's time we elevate Juneteenth not just as a celebration by and for some Virginians, but one acknowledged and commemorate by all of us. It mattered then because it marked the end of slavery in this country, and it matters now because it says to black communities, this is not your history, this is everyone's shared history and we will celebrate it together. This is a step toward the Commonwealth we want to be as we go forward. Virginia native and performing artist Earl Williams joined Northern at the conference on June 16th with the following. This is a big display of progress, and I am grateful for Virginia for leading the way. From this moment on, when you look at the vastness of the night sky and you see those stars moving up there, know that those stars are our African ancestors dancing. They are dancing in celebration because their lives are acknowledged. The announcement made by Governor Northern came about a week after he announced the, remote, the removal of the Robert E. Lee Monument. In a question that came up at the press conference asking that the Commonwealth is doing too much, Northam said, we still have so much to do. It's just another step in the right direction. Other leaders at this conference and in the press release spoke on the significance behind Juneteenth. First woman speaker of the House of Delegates in 400 years, Eileen Fillercorn said, making Juneteenth a state holiday raises its significance and will help educate Virginians on the meaning of Juneteenth in the history of our country and our Commonwealth. First African-American House Minority Leader Charnell Herring of Alexandra 
said Juneteenth is a time for reflection, conversation, and action. A Juneteenth state holiday is an important step toward affirmation of Black history in the Commonwealth. Those were some examples of statements by the leaders of the Commonwealth. Now, as of June 19th, Senate Democrats Ed Markley of Massachusetts, Cory Booker of New Jersey, Tina Smith of Minnesota, and Kamala Harris of California proposed a bill that will make Juneteenth a federal holiday. The co-sponsor is John Cohen of Texas. Lastly, Listen to the following words from the Negro Spiritual, Lift Every Voice and Sing, written by James W. Johnson. Lift every voice and sing till earth and heaven ring. Ring with the harmonies of liberty. Let our rejoicing rise high as the listening skies. Let it resound loud as the rolling sea. Sing a song full of the faith that the dark past had taught us. Sing a song full of the hope that the present had brought us. Facing the rising sun of our new day begun, let us march on till victory is won. Stony the road we trod, Bitter the chastening rod fell in the days when hope unborn had died. Yet with a steady beat have not our weary feet come to the place for which our fathers died. We have come over a way that with tears has been watered. We have come treading our path through the blood of the slaughtered. Out from the gloomy past, till now we stand at last, where the bright gleam of our bright star is cast. God of our weary years, God of our silent tears, Thou who has brought us thus far on the way, Thou who has bought thy might let us into the light. Keep us forever in the path we pray. Lest our feet stray from the places our God where we met 
let thee, lest our hearts, drunk with the wine of the world, we forget thee. Shadow beneath thy hand, Mary forever stand. True to our God, true to our native land. That was myself saying, lift every voice and sing. Let that sink in for a moment. We will be right back for a closing message. Welcome back. Before we go, I have a special announcement. The next episode will be a special edition because I will have a panel of activists, students, slash alumni, teachers, and professors to talk about a current issue facing our nation as part of our Moment in History segment. Thank you for listening on this Saturday. Be safe, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of the day. This has been a Media Grimes podcast. Come back on June 28th for a special edition of the Media Grimes podcast. And also on July 4th for more news, inspiring stories, and history.